It's a very simple principle that I follow for serving better our customer and for making a better efficient ecosystem for our restaurant team members. We do need to follow where the problem is and continue to fix it. And to do so, we do need to have an eye to the system. And for the lack of better term for the past decades, we have been calling it data. So data is pointing us to where there is opportunity for being better or for growing more. And that's what we are following, both from our customer perspective and from our restaurant team members. The first Data Futurology event this year is going to be Ops World, data-centric operations for business value. We're going to be hosting the community in person at the Sofitel Wentworth in Sydney on March 14th and 15th. We're going to be discussing operationalizing securely for business value, impact and scale. What are we operationalizing? Everything across the data analytics and AI space. We're bringing all the ops perspectives together into this one event. So it's going to be data ops, operationalizing data pipelines, analytics ops, operationalizing our analytics, MLOps and AI ops about operationalizing machine learning and artificial intelligence in our businesses. We're going to be discussing processes, frameworks, the observability and the future of this space. Check out the website for more and hope to see you there. I'd like to say a big thank you to our sponsors, Talent Insights. Talent Insights are Australia's leading specialist data recruitment business. With offices in Sydney, Melbourne, and Brisbane, they're experts at providing recruitment strategy and building data teams for clients across industries Australia-wide. They provide recruitment solutions for all roles across the data lifecycle, including data engineering, data science, advanced analytics, customer and marketing insights, business intelligence, data product managers, and data governance. They're skilled at finding the best permanent and contract hires for your business needs, as well as statement of work, project focus, data resources. At Talent Insights, relationships matter most. I can say from first-hand experience, Talent Insights are fantastic to work with. Whether you're a business leader within an HR network or a specialist data candidate, Talent Insights should be the first company you turn to for all your data recruitment needs. Find them at talentinsights.com.au. Hi, and welcome to Data Futurology. This is Felipe Flores, and today we have an extremely exciting episode. We're going to be discussing the role of a CTO in the future of data analytics and AI in organizations. And for that, I have a wonderful guest. I couldn't think of anyone better, Nastaran Bibishan. She is the Chief Technology Officer at KFC in Canada. Nastaran, thank you so much for making the time. How are you doing today? Pleasure to be here. I'm very good. Thank you. And I thought we could kick off by asking you to give us a little bit about your role at the moment and your remit, and then we can jump off from there. Of course. I have the pleasure and privilege of running the technology ecosystem for KFC Canada. It includes, but not limited to, all the systems and applications that we have, uh, along with the integration of all of the systems and applications to our data system, our security, our infrastructure, and in general, the ecosystem of our restaurant technology and marketing technology that will bring everything home. Amazing, amazing. And a big a big component of um, supply chain in there, I'm sure that it would be such a, a broad remit to get 
all the different parts of the business working cohesively from a, from a digital and technology perspective um, so everyone can enjoy the food every day. <laughs> Hopefully that's the case. And more and more we feel uh, we, uh, uh, I mean, the Royal We technologists feel more and more uh, like a gel. Uh, that sits between the multiple different functions and connects them uh, mm. to the best of uh, efficient way. Amazing, amazing. And could you tell us a little bit about your, your um, technical vision and your strategy for driving uh, data-driven, the data-driven enterprise um, uh, in your role as a CTO? It's a very simple principle that I follow for serving better our customer and for making a better efficient ecosystem for our restaurant team members. We do need to follow where the problem is and continue to fix it. And to do so, we do need to have an eye to the system. And for the lack of better term for the past decades, we have been calling it data. So data is pointing us to where there is opportunity for being better or for growing more. And that's what we are following, both from our customer perspective and from our restaurant team members. Amazing, amazing. And and um, how, what, what does that um, look like? When you when you say uh, follow following the data, what does that look like? Um, either from the team's perspective or or from a business perspective, what are the 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 types of either projects or initiatives um, that that get done to to follow the data? Uh, the most important part is for us to be a good listener. Mm-hmm. And the good listener is the one that actually captures the right data that there is no, okay, so what? We have collected all of this data, now what? So it is important from the very beginning, we listen properly to where the problem and where the opportunities are. For instance, when it comes to our customer, the feedback that they are providing, the responses that they have to any new product that we are introducing to the market, do they like it? Are they purchasing it? Are they returning for it? So those are all good listening activities that we have incorporated in the form of capturing the information and data from our customer. And from our restaurant uh, team members' perspective is listening to them, what are the areas that they might, their life is not as simple as it can be. We normally are uh, crippled by complexity and non-standard and so many um, areas that at the beginning might look like very simple to fix, but as you go, to deep dive, you will notice what are the interwoven complexity. And uh, the key here is not to be scared of -hmm. that complexity at the surface level and start doing the fix. So for instance, in the beginning of digital transformation, all of our restaurants were immediately onboarded with so many of the aggregators. Uber Eats, DoorDash, Skip the Dishes, you name it. There is an aggregator, our restaurant were connected. This came with a complexity 
in addition to the day-to-day -day activity. Previously, our uh, team members were used to, you know, have a couple of cash register in the restaurant and at the same time, maybe a drive-through. But now there is a tablet beeping for Uber. There is a tablet calling for the skip. There is a beep coming from our website. There is another thing coming from someone that it is ordering ahead and picking it up. So all of this added to the complexity and made the life of our restaurant team members very difficult. The first and utmost uh, um, action that we have took was to actually integrate all of this. Instead of having five, six, ten different kind of tablets and point of reference to come, have them all to come through the POS. These are the actions that we are listening to our restaurant team members and taking action based on how we can make their life easier. I love that. I love those examples. And uh, they're phenomenal, phenomenal. Just focusing on on the on the humans, on the people, on on their needs. Um, and uh, yeah, listening. I, I love it as a as a principle, because um, there's so many areas in, in life where the right data isn't being captured. Um, and that's sometimes overlooked. Um, and then we uh, there are situations, and I've been in these myself, where sometimes we're trying to make decisions with the data that we have, instead of going back and getting the right data. And 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 uh, you you prioritize that um, through listening. I I love it. I love it. That's that's amazing. You've pointed to something actually very interesting. The data that we have sometimes can become a liability. We collect the data as an asset. But that data can become a liability if we are not using it properly and we are not taking care of it properly as a custodian of the data. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, the owner, true owner of the data is the one that it is being collected from. Mm -hmm. So we are all custodians. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yes. And and often, oftentimes um, the the data was captured for largely most industries for, for financial reasons, uh, to get a payment, to pay someone. Um, and, and then as the industries have evolved, then we start to look, try to use that to draw customer insights. Um, and there's usually a gap, a gap in, in what we should be capturing and what and to be able to do the best job for our customers that we can do. Uh, so having that front of mind uh, in the way that you described I love it. I love it. That is excellent. Um, could you tell us a little bit about how um, you've been able to leverage AI or machine learning uh, to unlock innovation um, at, at KFC in Canada? Using AI where human has a constraint, that's the sole purpose of the AI. And that comes when we have this pile and pile of the data that needs to have a specific niche information to be collected from it. And it can truly get lost in the sea of the data that we have. That's where we are leveraging AI. For instance, um, in a, a daily feeds of restaurant information that it is coming our way, if we are seeing anomaly, if you are seeing stuff that uh, normally with a, a, a human eye is not possible, those are where we are, one of the uh, places that we are leveraging AI to let us know the areas that might become our blind spot. For instance, one feed from a restaurant might show 
every day at specific time, there is no um, order coming from our mobile app. For a period of the day, this is repeated. So there is a follow-up then with a human that is seeing those to go to that restaurant and say, is there any issue? How can we help? And um, all of a sudden, you will notice that within that period, for instance, they were short on staff. They had to uh, turn off the mobile order for that period of the time. So then comes helping the restaurant to make sure that they are right as staffed and everything else. This is one example of many that uh, finding anomaly is AI and machine learning is helping us to be better serving our franchises and restaurants. What a great example to be augmenting the organizational intelligence uh, by, you know, having having essentially these almost like little bots looking out for um, anomalies and changes in, in pattern and, and alerting. So then the people can manage by exception. And if, if uh, you know, nothing's raised, then uh, things are looking good. Uh, and when things are raised, then trigger the the actions to uh, to make the improvements. That, as you said, it could be more staff, more training, uh, more support, um, understanding what what it is that people need. I really love your human focus, and that's really the key. Um, it has been a very eye opening for me uh, in the past decade. Um, the transition of the mindset that. Mm-hmm. Um, it is long past the time that it was about technology. It's not about technology anymore. It's not about data. It's not about any of this, but it is about the technologists. It's about the human side of the technology. And uh, companies that have been wise enough to actually follow this path are seeing the fruit of this labor uh, as uh, when you serve the human better and different, then there is a repeat, then there is a want more, and there is a growth, and everything else will come with it. So really putting the focus uh, of the limited resources available on where does that matter the most. It's really inspiring to hear that that focus, because a lot of a lot of people in, in technical roles, and definitely uh, including technical leadership, um, we often feel like the expectation is for us to be technical, to focus on the on the technology, to focus on the data, and to um, almost at the expense of of everything else or, or or of other things. And sometimes that seems to be the the momentum of organizations um, for people in these roles to have uh, a technology and data focus. Um, what I guess maybe first for for yourself, um, did you have a, a point in your career which you transitioned to to expanding uh, your your focus to to this more human uh, aspect, um, and and or if not, then uh, what what can you say? What would what would be your advice for people that want I to think- make this transition? This understanding came to me when I was lucky to be introduced to the principle of Agile, to the principle of continuous improvement. That's where the light bulb came out, that you will see instead of 
putting your focus 100% of this is the problem, this is the requirement, build the requirement to the core before you start actually giving any benefit um, and comparing it with small, small portion of a continuous improvement, I can keep my customer, my audience, 5% feeling happier. 10% feeling happier as opposed to having them wait for a longer period to get maybe a 50-70% uh, of, you know, the uh, things that they were looking for. So uh, for me, um, the focus on human side and what we are giving them back actually started with paying more attention and being trained by the principle of Agile and continuous improvement. Great. Great. So that that continual delivery of value uh, led to uh, a greater focus on on the human side of, of what people need. Um, that's yeah, that's phenomenal. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to ask you: Could you could you give us some some examples of um, how you aligned your your the business strategy with data driven development uh, to drive to drive growth in the organization? Well, I wouldn't claim I have done that. But um, and uh, I will actually challenge anyone that says they have a holy grail of how to uh, coordinate all of this and have everyone hundred percent aligned on that. Uh, I would love to hear them, and I would love to see how they have done this. Um, it's it's not something that cannot be done. It's the nature of a slight difference when it comes to the scope and agenda. Mm -hmm. Think of it as we are all running towards the same goal, but we all have a different tools and we have all different intervals to get to that end goal. This means the co coordination and collaboration between all of this become an art. And I do truly believe that the data focus can help achieve this collaboration and alignment mm -hmm. in a very different way. How? Um, when you have the outcome of clearly showing based on the fact and the data, the changes that are being applied, either in growth engine, either in making keep the light on engine, all of them with a fact checked and fact based data then there is very limited area of the error that you can actually put subjective mind behind it. Mm -hmm. However, the best data ecosystem is still at the mercy of a data scientist, at the mercy of a technologist, a human behind it to use that data and go through it. That's where it is very important for all the functions to actually learn a little bit about each other and see how the challenge, how the day-to-day -day activity is happening. So as they are building this synergy towards the same strategy and tactic, they can understand each other better. So back to paying more attention and focus to the human side of the business. That's great. That is great. Um, I I love the um, the the candid nature of of um, of your approach and your responses. Uh, I think that that is liberating uh, for so many people to hear. Uh, I'm sure, like, if they feel like it's taking a weight off to be 
um, to be hearing that from from you. So thank you, thank you so much for for sharing that. Um, what do you think are the the elements of a of a a good CTO? Like what what type of what type of things are um, the ones that either you've seen be most helpful in your career, or do you see that sometimes um, holds people back in the in the development to to get to that executive level? What are some of your recommendations in this space? Um, the concept of a CTO, a, a chief that is basically responsible for the technology, um, is fairly new comparing to the chief information officer. Mm. And nowadays, many companies are using these terms vice versa, and they are interchangeably using these uh, terms, which may be the evolution of the CIO position. Because when you are a CIO and CTO, you are asked to A, drive the technology with two angle, which is keeping the operation afloat and also build the engine for the growth and at the same time know about the business because you cannot build this stuff without knowing the business and that's where the double hat of a technologist will come to the picture so um maybe in t- last 20 years we could afford to sit in our you know team rooms and uh, be only involved with the design of the system be only involved with working with other technologists but quite frankly nowadays more than 50% of my time is spent outside of a technology coding code per se an activity well don't mind me i still code i love uh, you know and i see that as a therapy uh, perspective but it is not needed i well i'm not sure if anyone wants to put my code in production anymore that i should say that as a disclaimer but i still would love to be involved and am involved in the design of our system integration of our system so the 50% of you as a technologist will never go away and that's the base that that's what make you a good advisor for the rest of the C-suit on how to actually engage with the technology and how to leverage it. But the other 50% is where you learn about the business function. Mm-hmm. For instance, you are in a retail, learning about the retail. You are in a loyalty, learning about the loyalty. You are in a you know, space uh, ship building, learn about the spaceship building. So learning about the business is as important as being a technologist in core and knowing and understanding all the detail of it. And then, um, so so definitely as, as people develop their um, their technical career, they would they would naturally have greater interactions with the non-technical sides of the of the business and then but they you're saying that they would they should seek to understand what's happening on on that side um to then be able to or i guess what 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 would what should they be looking for and and what does that enable people to do um as a result in their job learn about the business learn about the competitors learn about the area of the growth, how uh, and what does matter. Spend time with your CFOs, spend time with your CMOs. And quite frankly, what personally helped me was getting myself on an MBA. Mm -hmm. 
learning about how to drive a business growth because there is no deviation anymore between technology and business. Technology is the business. And for us as technologists to learn, to be a better advisor, to be a better driver, to be a better ally for the rest of the functions, this was one of the uh, best things that I have done. Going and getting a, um, um, official learning of how to run a business. Um, and my advice for um, um, people who are aspired to be in this path is you will need to spend as much time with your team as you are spending with your peers in the dress of the C-suits. Uh, the time that I spend nowadays with our chief operating officer, with our chief people officer, is nothing less than what I spend with my team in our technology lab, in our innovation lab, and so on. So, so finding that balance, sometimes it is not the easiest thing, but definitely a very good driver. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. So yeah, bringing that that mindset of identifying the, the levers. I love that you mentioned understanding the, the market, the competitors, um, the, the consumer trends, and, and um, yeah, be really like a, a full rounded business leader that is a technologist at, at heart, at its core, um, but to evolve to be a, a business leader. Mm -hmm. Yes. And um, in in our organizations, how how can we um, how can we prepare people for for that? Do you think that um, either either could be do you think where we in general do organizations do a good job of, of preparing technical people for, for business roles? And um, if so, why or why, what could we do about it? Probably not. Probably because we are so focused on um, uh, functions as a separate accountability, which in many cases mm -hmm. it is a right approach, mm -hmm. but um, giving a percentage of time for technologists and the non-technologists to learn about technology. So it is not just one way. Um, and an exchange program has always become a very good approach. For instance, having a, a technologist just to go and shadow a frontline uh, restaurant owner. Go and spend time in the restaurant. See what they are doing. Where are the areas that they hear the applause from the customer? Where are the areas that customers are not happy with them? Go in the back and actually fry chicken and see how it works. See how our technology is helping them. Um, interesting enough, uh, uh, last year we spent a, a good amount of our time as the uh, C-suit in our restaurant. Uh, we have spent a day in, you know, I was in a drive-thru trying to punch. And as a result of that, I realized how difficult it is for our frontline in a drive-thru to actually find the latest thing. And they are going off by their muscle memory not because we have made that very beautiful and intuitive. Yeah. As a result of that, staying with the business and staying with the restaurant, a project was initiated to actually clean up all of those, to categorize it, have a different color and everything else. So it is much easier for the, for the, um, the person at the you know, front center to find where to punch and where to go. I love that. That is that is phenomenal. Um, yes, definitely. Yeah, that 
great advice that you can't beat that first hand experience and to get in the you know in in the front line of of what the what the business does um that is phenomenal advice thank you um and and then as you as you uh look to execute the different um projects and initiatives throughout the organization how do you how do you balance the the innovation side uh versus um the the stability uh, so as you were saying the the operations of of keeping the lights on and then bringing in new uh, areas of development for the organization. How how do you strike that that balance? Well, as much as I would love to pretend I have found that balance, uh, I don't believe it is something that we can claim because operation and keeping the light on always gets the priority. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am building a new innovative thing, but the server is falling. So which one should I go? Of course, we go and save the server. Of course, we will take care of, keep the light on. But it doesn't mean that it needs to be like this forever. When we are planning for uh, um, annual uh, action, when we are building the strategy for year over year, there is always a percentage that we should keep for the innovation and actually a percentage for paying back the technical debt. Mm-hmm. Because the pileup of the technical debt is the biggest killer for any innovation. So people might think this is something it is working, it is there, but that's exactly that piece of code which has not been cleaned and clear for years is mm-hmm. going to be the biggest blockage for your innovation next round. So these all in hand, um, I would say the rule of 80-20 will be very helpful if we can afford to actually carve out the 20% uh, of the time of the team members to systematically spend time in the labs and spend time in actually uh, clearing the technical debt. Amazing. And and when it comes to clearing out technical debt, what how how could people choose what areas to focus on, what areas to uh, clean up first, um, if if they if they get a chance? Well, um, I share how we prioritize it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is mostly risk based. So if there is a specific function that it is um, very complex because we had to, for the sake of fast to market, do a specific thing to make sure that we are live with this specific promotion, with this specific way of uh, serving our uh, uh, franchisees and restaurant, then that becomes one of the highest priority because it is making that function, that component of the code lengthier and more uh, um, uh, complex when it comes to build, to test, to integrate, and do everything else. So risk-based analysis is uh, um, the principle we follow to identify the technical debt and returning it. Sometimes low-hanging fruit also play a big deal here. If it is simple and easy to pay the debt faster, we fix that one faster as well. Fantastic. Thank you. And what what advice would you have for people that may face resistance for um, getting funding for uh, improving technical debt or clearing out technical debt? No one will ever tell you that we don't want to pay back the debt. 
but it is always the fact that if it is working, don't touch it. Mm. And that's the biggest problem that we are facing. It is working, but at what cost? That's the question that needs yeah. to be answered. Yes. And God forbid, all it takes is one disaster mm -hmm. that shows it was working, but didn't work for a second. And that's the technical debt that if it is piled up, the interest rate will be so high and the constant doing that analysis for the rest of the function to realize, uh, which uh, interesting enough, I had a situation that uh, uh, my uh, peers came to me and said, we are ready to give our budget to you so you can fix this issue because of the way that now we are seeing what is the risk if we don't mm -hmm. do it. Great, 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 great. Yeah, I love, I love that approach. Thank you. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the uh, the culture and and what your your views are on on the culture that you seek to create and how you go about creating that culture uh, within your teams. Well, we take a lot of pride at Yam at KFC with how we guard our uh, culture. Literally, we guard our culture. Why? because it is a culture built based on compassion. It's based on understanding and supporting each other. Mm -hmm. um, I have been in the industry for the past 30 years and I can say with the experience, this is by far one of the best culture that I can take pride to say I have been part of. And the core concept behind this beauty is heart-led, driven by heart and matched with the brain. So heart-led leadership is the front and center of mm -hmm. the backbone of this culture. And I think that's the reason that we have many, many people with years of a service that are happy and they want to continue and ultimately get retired with us. Yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal. And sometimes, um, in some in some organizations um, that um, may have good, um, say, uh, psychological safety in in the organization where where people um, feel um, valued and uh, and safe, sometimes uh, there there's difficulties in in driving a culture of excellence as well, and and having people. Um, you know, kind of lean into it and really be ignited to do their best, their best work. Um, how 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 do you guys um, uh, navigate that uh, those two sides? I would say we have been lucky to keep trace of startup mindset, entrepreneurship mm -hmm. mindset, that people are truly your asset. It is not this big corporate that sees people as numbers. It is a true asset. And uh, you can see that although it is a this huge corporate that is across the world with all these numbers of the restaurant and everything else, still when it comes to actually people decision, we, we act like a startups. We act like this is our family business. And that's how I see people are feeling it in the action and reacting to it. Great, 
Great. So yes, definitely. People would feel very valued and very connected to the um the the success of the organization in a way that motivates them to um to really do their their best and go above and beyond. I love that. That is um that is phenomenal. I I know that we're running low on time. I want to Thank you so much, Nasaran, for sharing all your insights, your perspectives, and your approaches. They are really, uh, you just have a wealth of experience, um, and we have really benefited from, from hearing um, about how you approach the role of a CTO and creating a data-driven culture across the enterprise and having the human focus and the business understanding, I think is phenomenal. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you. And um, I hope uh, the audience can actually benefit from this conversation. 100%. Thank you so much. That brings this episode to conclusion. Thank you so much for listening. Please find us on datafuturology.com or on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or Instagram as datafuturology. Also go to datafuturology.com forward slash podcast to find the show notes for this and any other episodes if you like this episode it would mean a lot to us if you could leave us a review wherever you listen to our podcast i hope you enjoyed this episode and that it was helpful and valuable for you thanks again and see you next time